Hey guys, you're listening to Drunk and Uncultured. We are a drinking problem masquerading as a pop culture podcast. I'm Lindsay. I'm Stephanie. And we are doing something different this episode. Yeah, so we actually have a really cool interview that we're about to do. Um, So with that in mind, though, we were going to skip the binge watch update so that we could, you know, spend more time with the interview. Yeah, Um, chatting. Yeah. Um, Today we're actually going to chat with Trey Elder from the nonprofit Quiet Pterodactyl, which is the organization behind the Situation Chicago Double LP. So Situation Chicago was a project that was brought has brought together 25 Chicago artists and bands in support of 25 local music venues that have been indefinitely affected by the COVID-19 pandemic. So the album actually is available right now on Bandcamp, and it will have officially dropped in select Chicago record shops on August 29th, so two days before this episode is released. So um, you should buy it. Yep. We've already bought ours. We've already bought ours. And with that, let's get into get into the episode. Okay, so we ask everybody these same four questions. Um, whenever they come on the podcast. So we're going to ask you to introduce yourself, say your favorite beer, your favorite piece of pop culture. So it could be, I don't know. Your favorite movie, like your favorite band, favorite. um, Anything anything you identify to be pop culture related. That's what your favorite is. And then number four is a weird fact about yourself. Okay, question one. My name. My name is Trey Elder. Um, I'm here today with Quiet Pterodactyl. So then, what is your favorite beer? Historically, my favorite beer is Celebrator. It's an Anger Doppelbach. Um, back in the day, not many places carried it. Now, now you can find it around Chicago. Uh, Long Room. If you guys have ever been to Long Room, um, years ago they're like maybe one of three bars that always had it in stock. So I used. To, I mean, it's a really cool neighborhood bar. But I used to. I didn't live anywhere near there, and I went there all the time just because they had that <laughs> beer. And I think Benny's had it. Now you can get it everywhere, but but back like yeah. 20 years ago, no one had it. Yeah, that's still one of my favorites. Today, though, I'm drinking a Revolution Antihero. Awesome. Very nice. Got to support the people supporting you, right? <laughs> um, so what is your favorite piece of pop culture? Um, informational fact or just pop in general? I'm going to say early Madonna videos. I know that's maybe an umbrella, but, awesome. but, uh, yeah, like Michael Jackson and Madonna, obviously at their peaks were the biggest pop singers in the world. Um, but man, whatever everyone else was doing with video, no one could touch what Madonna was doing, both with the music, the statement she was making, like her, her early videos. Yeah. Won, won me over as, as a, as a wee lad. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, what's a weird fact about you? Um, a weird fact about me. I like to, I like to eat most of my food cold or room temperature and I like to stir it all together. (laughs) I I saw someone yesterday post on Facebook, like there was just two things on a plate and they were touching right in the middle and they're like, I couldn't even eat this. I need plate separation. I can't eat my, I'm like, man, I just go in and stir that shit up. it's, it's, it's It's all good. Just mix it up. Put some hoisin sauce on it. Whatever. I don't care. Like, it's all it's all good to me. I'm on the opposite, la- like, the opposite side. I have to have things touching. I don't mind, or not touching. I don't mind if they touch, but I typically, like, eat things separately. 
and it has to be like so hot my mouth is on fire like burning taste buds off my food's normally like room temperature but that's because i'm just really lazy and don't want to wait for it to get hot and then i, I don't want to burn my mouth because i burn my mouth on everything because yeah. I, I don't wait for things to cool down so i burn that's my also mouth the reason constantly. she doesn't eat here because i don't have a microwave yeah Lindsay doesn't have a microwave so i never so eat everything here. takes like a really long time heat up. <laughs> no, I've, I've lived with friends, you know, that were like, hey, we're gonna, I'm going to heat this up. Do you want some? I'm like, yeah, but I'm just going to eat it. Like, you don't want to heat it up first? I'm like, why? Why Why would you bother? Unless it's like congealed. <laughs> Otherwise, like, it's still good. I'll eat that cold spaghetti. I'm fine. <laughs> cold spaghetti is the worst. <laughs> okay, so I know you already said what beer you're drinking. So, Lindsay, let's talk about what beer we are drinking. Yeah, we'll show you it. Um, yeah. This is, or Stephanie, what are we drinking? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's like a typical thing that yeah. I always say. Stephanie, what are we drinking, even if I bought the beer? <laughs> yeah. So um, today we're drinking green pillows from Pipeworks. Oh, so nice. this is a oat ale with lactose, green tea, vanilla, and rice. This is the can. It's so It's cute. so cute. It is really cute. So... <laughs> The can artwork has this really cute little fluffy kitty cat with kind of like a... looks like a green Kirby, to be honest. (laughs) And uh, the can's like the... It's a metallic print. Like an ombre, silver to green. Um, Yeah. Nothing like especially interesting on it other than the really really cute cute, kawaii artwork. Yeah. Pipeworks has always had great design work. Yeah, they have a yeah. great art designer. Yeah. As far as local breweries, um, I like actually listened to their half acres always killed out in design. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cool. You ready to break this open? Yes. Um, yeah, so I've, what we typically do? Open, so no, you're good. You. I've had this beer before, and I had Lindsay earlier. had it earlier today. I may so. not have also jumped on you with a little Jim Beam. So. <laughs> <laughs> God, this, this is better cold. I had it warm earlier. Oh, did you have it, like, straight from... No, it was in the fridge for, like, oh. two hours, but Liquor Park had it on shelf mm-hmm. and not in the fridge, so it hadn't cold, cooled down yet. Yeah, this is really good when it's cold. Yeah. Okay, so we'll go into the words since we both had it. Yeah. Well, how would you describe it? Um, so I think that this has, like, a super creamy mouthfeel to it from the lactose and the oat. Um, and then you also get a little bit of sweetness from the vanilla, and you get a little bit of, like, a hint of the green tea on the back end yeah i would say you also get a little bit of like the rice almost like a rice wine Mm -hmm. or like a rice lager um so it's got kind of like that really um like crispness from Mm -hmm. the from the rice it almost kind of has like a little sake note to it yeah Ooh, that's a good description i hadn't thought about that when i had this the other day so i would say I don't know why green tea. I just want to say green because that's like what the <laughs> that's all you think of it. Is. Like, it's just green, just green, not green tea. Um, like creamy, um, kind of like uh, earthy, and then I'm gonna say um, sake, sake. I do like that you just used another form of liquor as the description. It kind of tastes like sake. I get it. Um, so I'm gonna say creamy sweet and then green tea is not a flavor descriptor but green tea is green green Green. Green. (laughs) the beer is not green but it tastes like green tea all right trey and what do you have for anti-hero oh for anti-hero um i think anti-hero is delicious uh they are supporting the project which is why i brought them in but it's just such a balanced ipa you know it has it has the hops that you want to taste but it's not 
like that punch in your face, hoppy dryness, you know, but it's not quite sessionable either. You know, it's not quashable. Like it's just a nice balanced sip and IPA. It's got a little bit of, a little bit of grass, almost a little bit of lemongrass uh, on the end. Um, it's just very balanced. Yeah, we call that like a good old IPA typically. Cause we IPAs, call it like a classic IPA. Because yeah, IPAs can be like so like over the top these days. Yeah. Um, and like when, a one, like when an IPA is just like a good old-fashioned IPA, it's like a classic IPA. And it's always nice to have. Agreed. And Antihero is exactly that. All right. Um, but yes, um, I mean, do you want to quickly go into anything about um, uh, Situation Chicago um, before we start getting into like the interview itself? Is there anything that you want to plug or talk about? Um, yeah, um, yeah, I'm here with Quiet Pterodactyl. We're a local nonprofit. Uh, we mostly work with music and arts uh, events and fundraisers, um, some educational aspects, uh, just really helping to develop the arts and music community in Chicago. And we 2020 was supposed to be mostly an events-driven year for the nonprofit. And as with all things, those events were all canceled <laughs> within 48 hours of each other. Uh, so as a result of the pandemic, we came up with the idea for the Situation Chicago uh, Double Vinyl Project, uh, which includes... Yeah, so Double Vinyl is pressed locally at Smash Plastic. Um, it's got 25 different bands, musicians, artists on it, uh, and all the proceeds, 100% of the proceeds go to support 25 uh, small local independent music venues uh, while they're closed indefinitely during the pandemic. Uh, there's definitely a, uh, there's a cliche phrase kind of going around, uh, first to close and last to open, but I, mm -hmm. it just accurately describes what the music venues are going through right now. Uh, even, even though yeah. there yeah, are, a lot of industries are suffering, you know, restaurants are suffering, but they're able to do something. And a lot of these music venues, they don't have outdoor seating. They purposely don't have windows because the nature of containing sound for live music. Uh, and they just have, they're not allowed to open. And even if they were, it's not safe for people to gather and the kind of, you know, mass that you would need to, to, to be profitable to uh, run a music venue. Bands can't tour. Uh, you know, even if they were to reopen tomorrow, it'd be months before they could really have a proper, you know, music lineup and schedule. So that first to close, last to open is is really the situation that they're dealing with right now, and uh, they're they're kind of closed indefinitely. Twenty twenty is not looking good, and twenty early twenty twenty one is not looking so good either. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. <laughs> so um, one of the first questions we wanted to ask is, how did you actually get started working with as you know Quiet Pterodactyl? Because you don't just wake up one day, you know, most people don't wake up and say, I'm going to start a music and arts education nonprofit. Um, yeah, no, it was kind of, I'm in, I'm in my mid-40s, but I, I moved to Chicago when I was 21, and I've done a lot of different things, um, worked in specialty coffee, uh, ran different music venues and bars, and ran sound at Double Door uh, back in the day. Uh, and I, but I've done a lot of fundraisers along the way, so I've been... Uh, running a restaurant uh, bar local company for the last 11 or 12 years and in looking to my personal future and wanting to be more involved with music uh, Quiet Pterodactyl was the response I guess it was like the culmination of all my experiences and uh, and I'm old enough now to have the connections I guess to put some things in place that I couldn't have maybe when I was younger so you know, it's how, how can I benefit the music and arts communities in Chicago um, as much as possible. So the, the idea that uh, 
that we, I had, I had a lot of assistance, uh, came up with was quiet pterodactyl. Um, yeah, so a strange thing is uh, at, when the pandemic hit, I had already left my, my 12-year restaurant uh, management salary at the end of January. Um, that was just, it had been a long time coming for me. I still love them. You know, we love each other, but it was just time for me to move on. Uh, and so this year, this was kind of going to be the year that I focused on the nonprofit. And we, again, we were going to be events driven, which all went away quickly. So my first thought was, fuck, what did I just do? <laughs> you know, not, not just like the, the, the events had dried up, uh, but funding had dried up. You know, I was just like, what, um, like many people, like, what, what are we going to do now? And, uh, yeah, so that, like the reason I did it was to really give back, um, and try to build something that helps support arts and music here. Um, yeah. So then I guess in response to that in a similar vein, like obviously situation Chicago came out of this similar, you know, pandemic thing that we're all living in Chicago. Yeah, exactly. Um, how can you kind of give us an idea of how you went about like building that? Because obviously like it's a super cool project and you Thanks. guys have had a lot of support, not only, you know, within the community, but I mean, we've, I think the first time I actually had heard of you guys was when Malort shared that yeah. they were working with you. Um, oh, I nice. think That's the first cool. time I'd heard it was like Talia posting about it. Um, so yeah, I mean, you have a ton of sponsors and a ton of um, like people benefiting from it. Or uh, Benny's benefit fitting from it. So how how did that come about? Sure. Uh, so yeah, once once the thing once all my events were canceled, I spent a month just thinking, maybe I'll just back burner the nonprofit for a few months and wait and see, and you know just get a day job as as was ne- as would be necessary. Um, and I came up with some bad maybe some bad ideas. Uh, but one one idea was to put together some sort of artist compilation that would benefit the artists. Um, but I also realized if I go with local artists, whether I know them, you know, they're friends or not, I don't necessarily, and Quiet Tridactyl's new, we don't necessarily have the reach to sell a record that would even benefit them that much. Um, so through friends' encouragements, actually one night on my friend, uh, my friends Alex and Charlie's front porch after many, many delicious beers, uh, I was telling her, she's like, well, what are your ideas? And I was like, well, here's this. It's not, I don't think it's great. Here's this. I don't think it's great. And finally she was like, all right, shut up about your bad ideas. What's the good, I- like, what is the good idea? You know, stop yeah. telling me all your shitty ideas. Like, what, what are you actually going to do? And I'm like, I don't know. Uh, but what I thought of was I thought of Civil and Neva. Civil is Chicago Independent Venues League. Um, and Neva is the national kind of version of that, uh, National Independent Venue Association. Um, so I thought, well, the venues have the reach to sell a record. What if we did something that would benefit them? And then the artists, I think, have these emotional ties to these venues. Um, mm-hmm. It would be, be more likely, I guess, to offer up donating their music uh, to benefit, benefit the venues. Um, so that was the initial idea. Uh, so I started by reaching out to venues, um, people that a lot of them I know now, some of them I, I didn't so much. Um, because without the venues, I feel like we didn't have a project that would really gain any attention or get, yeah, any, totally. get any legs. Uh, and, like, I know lots of friends that are musicians um, that would be happy to be a part of something like this, but there are names that are out of my reach, so to speak, you know, because of their level of, of financial yeah. success or whatever. Uh, but by, if I knew if I got certain venues involved, 
then I'd also be like more likely to get some bigger name artists involved because that's where a lot of them got their you know started their careers too. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just started kind of going at venues and and big name artists like at the same time like and I knew it was like if I get this then maybe I can get this if I you know like it was like a hey I think hey so um, you know I don't want to hey so and so I think Metro and Hideout are gonna do it which you you know like. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like parlaying, not not like tricking anyone, you know, saying like no one's committed yet, but if, if I can get all these entities working together, I think we could actually have a project that has a, a really large impact and a broad reach. Um, yeah, a pro- not just like a project that would sell, but a project that would get attention, that would sell to actually make money for the venues, uh, but also that would get press because no matter how many records we sell... I know we're not saving any individual venues outright, you know, like mm-hmm. I'm not raising $10 million, but the more attention we get for the project, the more it brings attention to the Save Our Stages movement, to what's happening in the music industry, because um, all those things are interconnected. I don't personally represent Neva, but I think what we're doing is right. impactful to their cause as well, because it's all the same cause. You know, it's, it's the future of the music industry. And not just the industry yeah. as a business, but like it's the future of fucking music. You know, it's the yeah. future of music. Like, this is where artists, young artists, like, learn their craft and hone their talent and, like, develop their music and find their voice. Uh, so, yeah, without these smaller stages, you can't have sold-out shows at, at Wrigley and United Center. And, you know, like, yeah. not, not everyone starts at the level that Madonna did, you know. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, pe- most people start out small, and they start at playing these smaller stages. Without those stages... Like, the whole music industry kind of collapses. No, that makes a ton of sense. And, like, it's a big thing that I don't think people really realize is that, like, this is the future of live music and music, yeah. period. Because, you know, most bands or most artists don't make really much money off of a record. They make money off of touring. Yeah. Um, and if they can't tour, like, what? where are we getting music from at this point? Yeah, the people that maybe don't go see a lot of live shows, you know, for whatever reason, they're older, they have families, you know, whatever, that don't... Like, this isn't just, oh, I can't go see local shows when I feel like. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's way bigger than that. Like, this, and not just in Chicago, yeah. nationally, internationally, like, smaller stages are the crux of the whole giant system. <laughs> you know, like... Yeah. And I would argue, like, some of our favorite shows are... Smaller, like, smaller local venues. Smaller local venues. Yeah. Like, I mean, festivals are fun, and, like... Big shows, big can shows be can fun. be fun, but like the our favorite, like the best shows that you can go to are like a local small venue with like three to five hundred people. Yeah, yeah I completely agree. And the sound is better in small so, venues. Like, oh, absolutely! I, I, I've gone exactly. to many, many festivals, seen lots of great, you know, big name artists at some of my favorite artists at big shows. But you do not get the sound quality at an outdoor giant, you know, ten thousand, oh, twenty thousand, etc. Uh, show that you do in a contained space that has the same two or three sound guys that work there every day and they know the system and they know the room you know and they're doing everything to make yeah. the show oh, yeah. sound amazing and it's contained sound and the room's built for that sound yeah I mean we've been to Lala and then seen the same band like at an after show that night or like the ni- the next night and it's like night and day between oh it's completely different um, and the then shows. we also always love to bitch about Riot Fest because the oh, sound the is always garbage, garbage on the Friday of Riot Fest <laughs> I mean, as much as we love Riot Fest. The sound is always garbage yeah, no, that first I, night. I love, I love Riot Fest. I've been many times. But yeah, just I, yeah. yeah, you just don't get this. You don't get the same intimacy, but you definitely, 
Yeah. You just don't get the same sound at, a, at an outdoor stage. You, it's just not possible. Yeah. Because of outdoor I mean, factors and wind and, you know, whatever yeah. the case yeah. may be. And I'd argue that, like, Chicago has some of the best local venues. Oh, absolutely. I mean, when we... we So we actually were super involved in, like, sharing a lot of the information about the Save Our Stages program, you know, within awesome. the last month or so, because yeah. obviously the vote was supposed to be going before Congress. Yeah. Um, so we've obviously been in tune with what's going on. And, I mean, I'm not going to lie. It's been super weird because I probably go to, like, 60 to 70 shows a year. Yeah. And I was an empty bottle gold pass member this year. So it's, I go to a lot of shows. So like, I, it's been super weird. I that, also do, you know, and I, I book shows around town a little bit too. Um, even before quiet pterodactyl and I have friends mm-hmm. like, well, that's what you do. I'm like, that's not, I'm not making any money doing that. I'm doing you know, like, that's a labor of love. Like I go to shows because I want to see live music because music yeah. is yeah. that important to me. It's not just like, it's not so, you. I'm not obligated to do this ever. This is something that I crave, and yeah, I yeah. I go to see at least one live show a week, if not two or three. You know, I, I can't yeah. I can't go out every night, both financially or just my energy level. But but that's yeah. it's just that's the thing that I love. Yeah. No, I mean, I mean there's think- something about seeing like a live and seeing an album live, like even if the sound isn't great, there's just something about it because like it's you're seeing the people doing yeah. it. Um, so I agree. Like it, it's, and even like so a lot of the weird. a lot of the I'm not friends with everyone that's on this record uh, necessarily, but a lot of the ones that I that I was friends with before we put the record together, um, I met them at venues. I met them because yeah. we're both musicians. I met them at the Empty Bottle. I met them at Tonic Room. Mm-hmm. You know, like you can't go to United Center and then after be like, oh hey Tom York, can I buy you a shot? You know, like that's not, <laughs> yeah. that's not happening. Yeah. You know, like. No. Uh, but if you see some amazing band at Tonic Room, that only holds what 120 people, know, 20 people packed. Yeah. yeah. Like when the band's done, yeah. you're like, "Yo, your show is amazing," and they're like, "Cool, what's your name?" You know, like there, there's that yeah. that level of uh, like that's not even intimacy, just that level of yeah, community, that level of like approachable. Yeah. You know, like these these are musicians are people too. You know, like. Like, we're all mm-hmm. doing this together. We're doing this thing that we love together. Um, and just that accessibility that you get with a small stage. Yeah. So, thinking about how... I know you said you were friends with some of the artists. But, like, how did you get some of the bigger names involved? Because um, there are some big Chicago names in here. So... Yeah. Uh, okay, so Jeff Tweedy, I... Borderline stalked. Uh, not, not really. I've all, I've always loved, I've always loved Wilco. I've like, I was an Uncle Tuflo fan back in the day. Um, but yeah, Jeff Tweedy was someone that I, I, he does a lot of altruistic things and a lot of amazing things. Like he does concerts for kids. You know, like, I, I knew that, I knew if I could just get it into the ear of him and his people that he would more than likely, I hope, you know, would want to be a part of it. Um, but I didn't You have can always to... jump on the brown line and head to Ravenswood too. <laughs> Um, but I didn't know him or his management team personally, so I I went out of my way to ask kind of, you know, I don't I, I know a lot of people in the music industry, and I don't like to abuse any of those. You know, like, can I get into shows? Oh, you know, for blah, sure. Blah, blah. But I was like, I need Jeff Tweedy on this record. Who who can help yeah. me make that mm-hmm. happen? Uh, so luckily, I mean, I had friends <laughs> help facilitate getting a hold of his management, and he was, he was really excited to be a part of it. Uh, another one, Twilight Tone. Uh, a lot of Chicagoans... They kind of know him as a DJ, but they don't. 
man, that guy produced Kanye West records, Common records. He produced Last Gorillas record, uh, John Legend. Like the list goes on and on. Like he's so accomplished. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he, I just met him through friend. It wasn't even like a, at a show or necessarily directly music. Uh, he was dating a friend of mine, and we had dinner. And like two hours into the dinner, at some point, he went to the bathroom, and and my friend who was dating him said something about you know something something Twilight Tone. I was like, oh, what about Twilight Tone? She's like, what do you mean? And I'm like. Why did you talk? Why did you even bring up Twilight Tone? She's like, Tone, my boyfriend. That's Twilight Tone. I was like, Oh, I didn't even like. And whatever. Anyway, we, we just hit it off that night at dinner, and I didn't. I mean, not like a who he was kind of, but kind of a you know. I didn't know that yeah. Tone, mm-hmm. the my friend's new boyfriend, was Twilight Tone. Um, and we've just been friends. That's ever some since. crazy shit, though. Yeah, I would be so struck after I found that out. I'd be like, Oh my god, uh, I can't say any words anymore. Uh, okay, go another kind of bigger name that's on the project. Again, I moved here when I was 21 to play music uh, with from Springfield, Missouri. Uh, I went to Southwest Missouri State, and the, we had a band there that was you know doing kind of pretty well, like locally and regionally. And we thought the whole band was going to move to Chicago. It turns out just myself and the guitarist were the only ones at the end of the day that mm-hmm. were willing to move. But we we're the ones writing all the music anyway, so we we're like, deuces, we're going to Chicago. Uh, <laughs> So, but one of the drummers that we played, like, we played through with a couple of drummers, and then, like, still to this day, one of the best drummers I ever played with was Dan Kanaka, and he played with us for, we mm-hmm. only did a handful of shows, and then, you know, one night he was like, hey guys, I really hate to tell you, and he was playing with other bands too, you know, and he's like, mm-hmm. I, I, we're, I think one of the projects that we just started is about to get signed, and we're going to go record with Butch Vig, and, you know, I can't, you know, I can't really work with you guys anymore, you know, and... And because they had just started, okay, go, you know. And at the time, I was like, ah, oh, Dan, what are you doing, you know. Yeah. Uh, obviously, he made a pretty good uh, career decision for himself. Okay, go's done yeah. some pretty cool shit over the years. Um, around, who else? Like, Poydog Pondering, uh, a lot of the younger set don't know them, man. Poydog was, like, in the in the 90s, one of the biggest bands in the world out of Chicago. Uh, and mm-hmm. Frank Oral also. So, Frank, I actually met Frank... Uh, there was a mu- it wasn't even a music venue. It was like a lounge, old library feeling thing downtown uh, that used to do a lot of just down tempo stuff. And, uh, and I walked in one time, and I knew who Poydog was, but I walked in one time, and there was uh, a DJ and an electric, I, I want to say an electric cellist, an electric violin. And I was like, man, these guys are amazing. And it was a side project that he was doing called Eight Fat Fat Eight. Um, so now, I don't twenty however many years later. Uh, yeah. When I was putting together a project, I reached out to Frank, and what we have on the record is a Poydog Pondering song that's an eight fat fat eight remix that was never that was never released. That's before. really cool. I know. So that's like, cool. whether the general public cares or not, like to me, that was like not only was I able to get you know Poydog, a band that used to or that I you know love, but that I got an eight fat fat eight mix of a Poydog. <laughs> like that meant a lot to me. And Frank's also just like the nicest guy. I um, so one other thing uh, before we just get into fun nonsense chat, because I do have fun nonsense okay. questions, as I always do. I have plenty um, of nonsense to say, so that works out. Yeah. <laughs> so um, tell us more about the the food program that's just recently started in the last week or so. Yeah. So we just recently launched, I guess, kind of a sister project to the Situation Chicago um, project. Um, called, it's SaveChicagoMusic.org. Uh 
There's a rotating cast of local restaurants on there um, that want just one restaurant will be featured each week. And you can pre-order uh, meal packages for two or four people. And built into that price is a $10 donation. So to Situation Chicago, the project. So not only are you helping, mm-hmm. I mean, local restaurants are also, which the people that started this company is called Bacalash. Uh, they actually did it for their church originally because they were, they were trying to do a fundraiser oh, for their church. But they also acknowledged that like all these restaurants that were right around their church were suffering. You know, because they weren't able, they were mm-hmm. they weren't open for a while, and then they couldn't be open at full capacity. So they created this program. They've only worked with a couple of nonprofits before. I know my hood, my black, my city has worked with them, um, mm-hmm. and they they were they, for them. It really is a labor of love. My all my, I worked in restaurants forever. So all my initial questions like, well, what's your percentage? What's your fees? Are you making money on credit card processing? You know, like what are you? And they're like, no. As long as this kind of pays for itself. Like, we don't even know if we'll do this forever. Like, this is also a response to the pandemic and trying to help out yeah. restaurants and other nonprofits. Um, so it just seemed to marry together really well with what we were doing. Um, so, yeah, if you go to safechicagomusic.org, you can pre-order your, order your dinner either for pickup or delivery. Uh, any seven miles with radius from the restaurant, um, they'll deliver Oh, it's a really big radius. Yeah. A yeah, lot of that, places that's are like it's a mile and a half away. They won't I mean, deliver to you. Like ten miles long. Too, I know. So it's like yeah, all of Chicago. <laughs> but that, you yeah, can't deliver to. Um, but they have their. You can use the restaurant delivery system, or they have their own delivery guys. Uh, okay. They're just helping support, you know, their project. Um, and yeah, so you get to help local restaurants, and you also help to get to support local music. Um, so yeah, I guess shout out to my hood, my block, my city, because they have a, a similar site. Uh, but yeah, situation. Yeah. Chicago, you can also help support Situation Chicago by by doing that as well. And you said it was one restaurant per week, so it's like a rotating group of restaurants, or is it like a, a couple that you can pick from? Yeah, they're just doing one restaurant a week. That's that way, it's an easier delivery system um, for the people, mm-hmm. and it doesn't overwhelm any one particular restaurant all the time. Not that okay. I, you know, please please order. I don't know that we've had a lot of orders yet, <laughs> so uh, if you're listening, please order um, this week. But but yeah, it was, I think they just did that to kind of play it safe. But uh, Frontier and Wicker Park's mm-hmm. on there. Uh, Taste. Yeah, so yeah, I was going to say, bring up Frontier. Frontier's right uh, not far from us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Frontier's delicious. I've, I had my birthday there maybe three or four years ago. Um, we didn't order the whole alligator, but we, we did eat and drink a lot. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've been like meaning to go to Frontier because it's, I, I mean, I love alligator. And they have some really cool food. Yeah. yeah, no, I've eaten some of their weirder shit there before. But on that birthday, we were mostly drinking. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, their beer's real cheap. Yeah, it is way cheaper than it should be there. I also I dated someone for a long time from New Orleans, so she was a big Saints fan, and they're they're one of the only Saints football Saints bars, bars in mm-hmm. Chicago. So we used to hang out there on Sundays and watch the Saints sometimes too. Um, but yeah, Taste Two 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 is on it. Uh, we're signing up some other restaurants that are actually. I don't know if I, I'm preemptive, but I'm, I'm pretty sure Beat Kitchen's going to be featured. They're one of the benefactors. Oh, cool. Oh, awesome. That's awesome. Chicago. Yeah, they're one uh, of the venues, a part of the group. Yeah, uh, just, and some other restaurants that I've reached out to that I, you know, that I have friends at, uh, I think are going to sign up very, very soon too. So there'll be a lot of different options, but it'll be, I mean, it's all, it's all awesome food. Um, no chains, all, all locally, independently owned places. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, you get to support local restaurants and you get to support um, music venues in the process. Awesome. So I just cracked open my second beer. Just because we're drunk and uncultured, I want you to know I just cracked open another beer. 
Oh, we have a six I'm not ounce. saying you have to keep up with me. I'm just, I'm just letting you. I'm just putting that out there. Also, you drank before I got here. I did. Because I assumed that you'd be a beer deep by the time you got here. Cheers, guys. Cheers. cheers. Virtual cheers. So... Now that we're getting into some nonsense. Well, I did want to ask one more uh, real question. Sorry, Lindsay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I so, got some real stuff to say, too. <laughs> so I did want to ask. So you have a bunch of like really cool local sponsors working on Situation Chicago. Like We've obviously already mentioned Belort, Dark Matter, and Revolution. How did you get involved with like those kind of groups? Because um, obviously Revolution's... The, one of the biggest distributors the of beer. Biggest. They're the, the, biggest. the biggest. The number one distributor of beer in the city. Oh, I didn't even realize Independent that. distributor. Independent. Well, no, <clears throat> including Goose Island. Oh, really? They're bigger than That's Goose nice Island to me. in the city. Wow. That's awesome. I didn't know that. They sell more beer than Goose Island in Chicago. Oh, interesting. That's cool. Yeah, mm-hmm. so I... But honestly, we mostly want to know selfishly how we can work with Malort because... <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I know. Hashtag I, not I know a sponsor, but, but we wish please it was sponsor a sponsor. <laughs> Um, I've got some airplane bottles in Malort, so next time if uh, we run into each other, I'll... All right, you guys still need your records, too, so when I, when I get you your records... We've gone through so many bottles Oh, yeah, we got to get our records. Like, we always I've got talk about getting the little ones. airplane bottles in Malort uh, that I, that I We talk stay. about getting the little ones because they're they so cute. They sell them at... Um, Garfield's. Liquor Park, too, has oh, them. They're so nice. small, but also we go through, like, a bottle of Malort every, like, three months. <laughs> we started, <laughs> yes. like, referring to it as apartment Malort. Yeah, it's apartment Malort we because apartment we just go Malort. through so much. One, I got a guy at Malort. I'll give you his contact. Uh, but two, I had, I had reached out, you know, when I started, the, when we started the project, I reached out to every sponsor, any company that had ever sponsored anything music-related in the last, like, five years in Chicago. Like, street festival, anything. So it was, like, banks, mm-hmm. you know, wine companies, like, from... National brands, so local, just anyone and everyone. Also, at this this is the beginning of the pandemic, so like everyone's furloughed. No one's even at work. So I'm like, is anyone yeah. even going to get back to me? Whether the money's there or not is almost secondary to like, does anyone work there right now? Uh, yeah. So I reached out to a lot of people. I had a couple of small uh, liquor sponsors that were based out of state, and uh, someone that I reached out to uh, was Kyle at Dark Matter, and those guys have done a lot of really cool things with music in town. So. Mm-hmm. He and I, I know Kyle fairly well. I've done projects with him before. So he took a couple of days to get back to me. And honestly, like, I'm not Mr. Sensitive necessarily, but I was like, man, I just thought Kyle would. He just told me right away, like, yay yeah, yeah or nay, you know? And he, got, he took a couple of days. And when he got back, he said, here's the thing. When you asked me that, the question was not, can, like, will Dark Matter be a part of it? The question was, how can we make this 100% Chicago funded? So. That's really I, cool. I had reached out to beer companies, you know, a lot of different people. I, Smash Plastic was already on board. Uh, yeah. But yeah, he basically kind of put together this Chicago coalition, if you will, that was Malort, Revolution Brewing, Nature's Grace and Wellness, which is a cannabis company, and, mm-hmm. and Dark Matter. And he's like, how much do you need? And I gave him a number. And he said, cool, the four of us are going to cover the rest of that cost. So that was like, I mean, I, you know, teared up. That's incredible. Up. Yeah, I was like, awesome. I thought you were, like, not getting back to me. You were blowing me off. And he's like, shout out the to whole Kyle. time you were busting. Yeah, shout out to Kyle. Kyle from yeah, Dark you were, Matter. Like, Kyle Hodges, Dark Matter Coffee, homie. Uh, he was putting together, getting the whole thing funded between uh, these other four companies. Um, I think it, I think that is, like, a huge selling point and a huge, like, benefit like it's awesome that it's like completely funded by chicago-based companies yeah it, like i mean yeah it was like parts of it. i didn't even know if i could from first conception i didn't even know if i could do this project you know there's so many mm-hmm. things involved and could i do it in a timely manner 
And yeah, when when Kyle came back to me and Smash again, and Smash was already on board, but once once those other four, so it was like 100% Chicago artists benefiting 100% Chicago music venues, sponsored 100% by other Chicago businesses um, that all they don't own music venues, but they're tied to you know all those guys are tied to music in some oh, way. Oh yeah. Um, it was just mm-hmm. it was kind of like a dream come true that that this project was able to come together like that. So, speaking of Chicago music venues, I kind of wanted to ask you this. Like, we're going into a little bit more of, like, the nonsense, but... The more fun, casual... Yeah. Can you tell us, um, what's your... What's one of your favorite music, um, experiences, like, live show experiences at one of the venues being, um, supported by this? Um, man, there's... You know what? Hold on just a second, because I actually... I made a... You guys told me that you might ask me that. And I made <laughs> I made a list, and when I started making the list, I was like, "Oh my god, I don't! This list is getting too long." Um, we can just go in a circle, and because I have a very long list yeah. too, so we, we can, can just keep taking going have, in like, circles. A horrible memory. So okay, so right, we can get into talk about shows? yeah. Let's get into the question that we were actually going to go through. Or not? No. Yeah. Let's talk about shows. <laughs> Because um, it just took me that last like whatever three. 15 minutes to find this fucking file. But I found it. <laughs> but I knew you, you guys like three touched each. on that we might talk about this. So I, I made a... It's actually a pretty long list. So I'm just going to do highlights. And for, for viewers at home, whatever that means, you may or may not <laughs> know who any of these bands are. <laughs> but That's it's so later. we'll do a circle. Yeah, we'll go in a circle. So like you'll do one, I'll do one, Lindsay will do one. And we'll just yeah. keep going in circles until okay. we get tired of this. <laughs> okay. I was going to say we can pick three, but yeah. we can just I'm gonna keep gonna going. I'm going to start with one that people probably will know. Uh, but Subterranean is a, is a Chicago mm-hmm. institution. They support hip-hop in a way that really no other venue has for as long as they have. Yeah. Uh, and they support a lot of other kinds of music, too. So... Uh, I had just moved here, and I've been here maybe three or four months, and I got to see Scottalites, who is the original Scott, oh, wow. like from you know late '50s, early '60s, with most of like say half of the original lineup, the original bass player, who's kind of the lead person in that band, and mm-hmm. I had I had seen them about a year before for the first time at a giant like world music festival in Kansas City, you know, in front like with ten thousand people, they're the headliners of this yeah. festival. And then I saw them at Sub T, which Sub T, I don't know their occupancy holds, like 150, 180 maybe, something like that. It's small. Sub T is very small. And it's like up these crazy stairs. It's like hard to even get into the venue. Yeah. And at that point, the bass player, I don't remember his name off the top of my head, uh, but, you know, he he was very old, (laughs) but had the energy of a 12-year-old. And that show was not even remotely close to sold out. It was maybe... 80, oh pe- 80, pe- 80 people there and I'm standing literally right in front of the stage 10 inches away from the Scottalites who I just saw play in front of tens of thousands of people and I yeah. and I just couldn't you know like one like why the fuck is this show not sold out a year ago but but also like it was just such a beautiful moment that again you can't get unless you're in small stages like this you know uh Mm-hmm. And they they ripped like they always have, and it was everyone was dancing, and which again for those who know ska people think of ska as like eighties you know London ska, but ska mm-hmm. it, ska yeah. is the predecessor to reggae. Ska existed right. before reggae. Scottalites were like the original 
Like they're the shit. So to see them at sub subterranean, life 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 changing experience. Yeah. Next, who's next? Um, yeah, I'll go because I I want to talk about a show with you actually. Oh, okay, cool. So, so you can take it before I. Because <laughs> I think you're gonna do the same one. So we saw the vaccines at Shubas. Um, it was a Lollapalooza after show yes. for 2018. 2018. Yeah. And it was her first time seeing this band. I had seen them a few times, but it's like one of our favorite bands. Mm-hmm. Um, and we literally called ass from Lala to get there. Very small venue. I'm pretty session. sure I made my boyfriend take my camel back home. I think and I had a purse packed inside my camel back so that I could make the boyfriend bring it home and then yeah. I could carry the essentials with us. And I think like the aces open for them maybe. Uh no the regrets. The regrets, yeah. Um and it was a fantastic show. We always refer to Justin Young, who's the lead singer of the vaccine. As our like Lord our and savior. savior. Um but it was so intimate. Because we Shubas so is so small. Yeah. We were and super close. <laughs> You got so emotional, like seeing that was them my for first your first time. Um, I've been listening to them for a long time. I mean, time. I cried the next time we saw them at Lincoln Hall. Oh, that's true. That's also we were hammered at Lincoln Hall. When we saw um, them, which is also probably on my list of favorite times seeing them. But I think the fact that it was your favorite time seeing them, it was so intimate. Mm. Um, and like I'd only ever seen them at festivals at this point, so seeing them in like a small venue where like there's what three hundred people, two fifty maybe. Um, and like everybody knows all the words and like you can see sweat pouring down it was just an incredible experience well I was gonna say like Lollapalooza after shows are always so cool because they're typically at I mean as big and overblown as Lala might be the after shows are at small local a lot of them are at these independent venues yeah and the people that are going to the after shows are people that like really, really enjoy the band it's not people that are just getting fucked up at festivals people that just want to see that band yeah, so that was a great experience. So another nice that thing really about uh, yeah, remember how a lot shows, of late shows. Everyone's night. there for whatever reason they happen to be there. Oh, there you're back. So big shows, everyone's there for whatever reason they want to be there. <laughs> they don't necessarily care about that individual act. And when you go to see a band at a small right. show, for the most part, everyone in the room wants to see that band. So if they want to see this quiet band, everyone's quiet and listening. If they want to see this crazy oh, yeah. loud, you know, rock band, everyone's yeah. going nuts. Like. Small shows yeah. are when yeah. the fans are there to see that music at that moment in time, and you feel that energy, and it's just so much better. Yeah. Okay, so I have a really cool one, because this was like a special event that was done. Um, so I've I've only lived in Chicago for five years now. Well, five, well I guess almost six, because I lived here for a year when I was on an internship. But anyways, um, in 2016, Empty Bottle was celebrating their... 35th anniversary and so what they did is they had a bunch of like these really small like shows that were like these huge names so i actually got to see the mountain goats play empty bottle in 2016 that was one of the coolest things i've ever experienced i love that band so much (laughs) yeah i mean you that was the first time i saw them too You've also texted me, like, while crying, seeing that. Like, when they were playing this year, or last year, they were playing this year. Yeah, that's because I was at a beer fest with you beforehand, and I was drunk and alone, and I was at the Mountain Goats concert. That's awesome. That was at Bottle, you said? Yeah. Yeah, so they played the Bottle in 2016. There was a couple of other bands. Um, That summer, I saw the Black Lips play the Bottle. That was really Mm -hmm. fun. That was a part of the same anniversary series, but like they had all these like larger names play as like this super you know celebratory event. So that was really cool. 
That's awesome. All right, it's your turn to go again. <laughs> All right, so I'll I'll go to empty bottle because that's what you just said. Uh, one of I. It's probably two years ago. Uh, car seat headrest at empty bottle. <gasps> oh. Shut up. Were you at that one? <laughs> no, that sounds um, amazing though. I, I had I had seen car seat headrest once before, and I I was kind of a fan. Like I like some of his stuff. I don't like all of his stuff. And then I mm-hmm. and then that show at empty bottle. For the record, I'm a huge Radio Feds fan. I've seen Radiohead like a dozen times, including like, <laughs> at. At the bottleneck of Lawrence, Kansas, on the Pablo Honey tour, you know, like, you like, I've, wow. I've, that, yeah, I'm aging <laughs> Back myself, in the day. but I've seen them from like their second tour in the U.S. ever, playing small college. Clubs. We don't care. We're Radiohead no, obsessed. We do have so, a, like, cool. I have a follow-up so, question for you that won't make the yeah, podcast, but like, this is just a radio oh, a, question in general. So you tell your story, tell and your then story Lindsay and then has a follow-up question, question that we're okay. going to cut. So Radiohead, one of my favorite bands ever, etc., etc. Carsey Headrest is really cool, but some of his recordings I don't always love. And then I saw him mm-hmm. at Empty Bottle. Yeah, this was maybe like two and a half, three years ago. And was it when it was just the four guys? Yes. Or was it when he had the backing band? No, it was just four. Okay. Had to and clarify because I've seen both. So It was so good. It seriously reminded me of the first time I saw Radiohead at the Bottleneck in Lawrence Games. Oh, wow. I was like... That's really cool. Like, he was that weird... And also that talented, you know, and like, so like David Bowie had just passed away, and that last record that mm. he put out, he did a cover of a Bowie song that was like track nine or something on the Bo- on the mm-hmm. uh, Black Star record, and like, who the fuck is going to cover Bowie right after he dies? Carsey Headrest is, and they're going to William yeah, Toledo, it, yeah, and that's William, who. Yeah, William's going to do it, and it seriously like brought tears to my eyes. It was one of the most beautiful shows I've ever seen. That was an awesome show. So, I'm going to go on the empty bottle train then, since you all have named God damn it, sword. you're going to pick another one of mine, aren't you? Most of this, most, almost every show I've been to in the city has been with has me. Been with I you. know, I know. I don't think I've gone to any shows without you. Uh, like, if they weren't with my ex, so, or with Matt. Yeah. So, they're mostly with you. If, um, if you're going to talk about what I think you're going to talk, talk about, about it. it was so fucking good. <laughs> uh, so, for New Year's Eve... 2019 into yes, 2020. Yes, this past year. We saw a uh, pop, uh, post-punk band called Shame. and They're from Glasgow. It so they're was, a Scottish post-punk band. They're so They came on like punk. literally at midnight and like did a toast with us. They're super young. Um, incredible band. Uh, we went with her boyfriend, myself, and mm-hmm. her, obviously, Stephanie. <laughs> and I don't know, like something about the energy in the room... Um, I mean, that bottle always has really fun shows because it's, you're like right, you're standing in front of the stage and it's all, nothing is, they're raised like a foot maybe. Yeah. Like, they're like they're, right there. It's, you're right there and it feels extremely like personal. Also on like the second song, the singer like rips his shirt mm-hmm. off and then starts like rolling on top of the crowd. Yes. It was He's like standing on the crowd. I have photos of him like standing on the crowd, like holding onto bars on the top, just like covered in sweat. This guy's like 19 years old. Like he's 21. Oh. He drank in the U.S. because okay. he talked about how high life is really foamy, and we're like, dude, you've been shaking it. Of course, it's yeah. Foamy. He's drinking a high life, and it's like cover. It's like all foam. We're yeah. like, no. We're, I mean, we're also drinking high life, so it's not just. Yeah. It's not you. You don't have to shake you. up. You're, you're doing it's something always wrong. Foamy. <laughs> well, yeah. Like you're headbanging. You're like flashing around. Your your beer is gonna be foamy, um, but it was just. I mean, incredible band. The sound at um, Empty Bottle is so good. And, like, regardless of where you are... Was that the time you forgot your earplugs? 
Yeah, and I was like, I heard ringing for days. It was so loud. Their opener was Disc. Yes. Oh, Their opener man. was Disc, who we have seen randomly throughout the years. I also got their vinyl this year. Okay, but that was a great loud, yeah. well, I know what I'm going to say next, but it's not my turn. But you saying loud, I know what I'm... I'm I feel like most of like, I want to name... I want to mention, like, a no. bunch of shows at the bottle, because I've had a lot of, like, good... Yeah, I've had so I've many had a lot fun of shows, shows at the bottle. We so, saw Post Animal there. That was so, okay. Not your turn. I'm just saying, they have a lot of good shows. <laughs> um, so, uh, the next one I was going to talk about actually took place at Lincoln Hall... Love Lincoln um, Hall. The sound at Lincoln Hall is impeccable every show. I've seen so many different it is. It's always so good. It really is. I, haven't, I don't think perfect. I've seen a bad show there. Yeah. So um, I saw another post-punk band actually from Ireland oh, at, so um, last September at Lincoln Hall. So they're called Fontaine's DC. And they were on their very first ever U.S. tour. They released their debut album last March, and that was my number one album of last year. I'm, like, still angry I didn't get into Fontaine's DC until after that show. So they played Lincoln Hall, and their opener was this band from Montreal called Pottery, who was, like, one of my favorite bands right now. And so it was Pottery and Fontaine's DC, and it was the very last day of Riot Fest. Pottery. Yeah, the Pottery released their first debut, their first full-length album in July. Mm-hmm. Woof. I won a free copy on Instagram. <laughs> you won a lot of their stuff on Instagram. They gave me like a full bundle of stuff. So like I have a sweatshirt, I have socks, I have a signed copy of the vinyl, I have I don't know how pin. you won that. I feel like I don't you know. have to like... I don't know. I didn't do anything. I forgot that I entered and then I got an email from the record label one day. And I was like, what the hell is this? Pottery? What kind of pottery? <laughs> oh, that pottery. But so, I saw Fontaine's DC at Lincoln Hall, and it was the very last day of Riot Fest of last year, so, like, I left Riot Fest early to get there, and, ooh, boy, was that an incredible concert. And then, this year, they released their sophomore album, and it's a completely different sound. So, seeing them on their first U.S. tour playing this album that I thought was so incredible last year was game changing and then I fell in love with pottery when I saw them so I have been obsessed with them yeah, ever I mean, since Fontaine's DC if you haven't heard of That's them awesome. they're super good um, Dog Roll is one of the best albums I've ever listened to yeah my, I played the vinyl for my boyfriend and then like two days later he was like you should get that on vinyl we were listening to it on vinyl. We were listening to it on vinyl already. Dude. That's how. That's why I was playing it for you. It wasn't like on the like on Spotify. It was on vinyl. That's that's where the uncultured yeah, great. part of drunken uncultured comes in. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah, homie. Yeah. We were listening to it. On vinyl I have it on vinyl. <laughs> yeah. No offense to your boyfriend. No. But uh, we're in general both. We've gotten really into like the entire post punk music mm-hmm. scene so nice. one of the it's up- more so that like you're into it and then you tell me what bands to listen to and I take forever to listen to it and I really shouldn't at this point because I, I love post-punk so much and I really shouldn't take forever to listen to them I should just like do it because I, I like I said I regretted not seeing Fontaine's DC with her we didn't see Idols at the you show. did not come I, didn't idols. See idols I went show. and saw the band from Bristol um, Idols so they've really become super popular in the U.S. in the last year or so. Super good, too. Um, so I saw them play, well, I guess I'm going again, but I saw them play Lincoln Hall last year as well. How many turns are you going to take right now? I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, I gave Lindsay shit, and Lindsay's not stopping me from going, but... I don't ever stop you, though. That's fair. 
You can go too if you want. Yeah, no, no, it's your turn now, so. Okay. <laughs> it's uh, your turn. She's stopping. Before I say the show, I was going to actually say, I'll say shout out to Lincoln Hall for having some of the best sound in the world. They really do. Uh, low, they really low, they low. also have a great beer selection. Big yeah. fan. They have oh, a yeah, great, great beer, beer selection. selection. I've been drinking a lot of cider lately, because... Sometimes at shows, I want to drink a more and beer sits heavy. Yeah. Uh, but they also have a great cider selection. Uh, but beautiful room, beautiful space. Uh, it is a beautiful room. And yeah, I, Delicate Steve, I saw, I've seen several times in a Lincoln Hall, and I've seen him at Shiva's Sound is Impeccable. Low is one of my favorite bands. They're very. Oh, cool. yeah. Low is like. If Radio has number one, Low is like a number two by point oh 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 one. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm I'm maybe the biggest low nerd ever. I've the first time I ever saw them was at Shuba's. I've seen them at Talia Hall. I've seen them at Metro. But one of my favorite shows was at Lincoln Hall again because the sound was impeccable. The people that were there were there to see them, so you could hear mm-hmm. a pin drop, you know, during their quiet moments, which is most of them. Um, but the loud shit that I wanted to say was uh, Square Pusher. I like all kinds of music. I mean, no Square Pusher. Oh, I've, I've seen Square Pusher. Okay, I've seen Square Pusher three times, and I've seen Show Leader one once at Talia Hall. But the first time I saw Square Pusher was at the Metro, and not only that place gets loud. Not only does, does he play loud. like you know electronic, evil future drum and bass, <laughs> but he also plays bass like Jaco Pastorius, and he also plays keys like Herbie Hancock. You know, and he's like he's doing all. He's doing things with, like, live instruments and computers. I'm always impressed. Like, as a musician, I'm always... A, I love music. I just love enjoying it. But I also am really impressed when I have no idea what the fuck they're doing. You know, like... Not that not that I can play what you're playing, but, like, I generally kind of... I know what you're doing. Like, I have no idea what this guy is even doing. And it was like... Yeah. And this is at the Metro. I've seen Wild a million watch. shows there. It was like a train running through my face... You know, and it was a sold out show. I was front row balcony. It was like eight, that's like the spot to bucks, be at Metro, bucks, by the way. You know, like front row balcony. And Square yeah. Pusher doesn't tour very often on any no. record that he puts mm-hmm. out. So I think it was like maybe a second or third time in the U.S. And that was my first time seeing him. And it just yeah, it one of the loudest shows, but not in a shitty way. Like it was literally like that bass was running that electronic bass. Well, the live bass that he was playing was like yeah. just running rampant through my body and it was just life-changing. Was awesome. So, next up. So, I was going to say, I mean, I have two that I want to talk about, but I'm going to talk about my favorite local band, um, yeah. Post Animal. Um, I've I, seen Post they're Animal. They're amazing. I've, I can't even tell you how many times we've seen them at this point. A like, lot. Far too many. Um, but the first time we saw them was at Lincoln Hall. Um, I think on Valentine's Day or like just after. It was the day their album released. I think it was, it was Valentine's April. Day. Uh, no, the first album. It released in April. Oh, it came out 420. <clears throat> That's what it was. It was 420. <laughs> one came out 420 and I think the other one came out on Valentine's, Valentine's Day. Day. So, uh, no, it was the opposite, I think. The first one came out on 420, the second, their most recent album came out on Valentine's Day. Sure. Yeah. Um, but that was the first time we'd seen them, and we got very into the song Ralphie <laughs> off of One I Think of You in a Castle. And, like, yeah, we, I, I, the first time I'd heard Post Animal was probably two or three years prior, um, when Joe Carey was still in the band, and it was... Oh my god, I can't remember the song. It was, like, off of their first EP... 
and my now ex had played it on the way to go see to go to Shaky Knees. Um, and I saw post animal at Shaky Knees. Well, it's when I get home. <laughs> yeah. When I get home is the song. Um, and like they weren't playing at Shaky Knees either. They were he was just playing it. Um, and I loved them like from that moment on. And like the the show the the crowd was incredible because everyone was very into Post Animal. Everyone like yeah. loved that band and like they're they're not super heavy, but for some reason people love moshing to Post Animal. So <laughs> we were pretty close. And also we had recorded an episode right before it, so we were. And then we went to Doghouse in Lincoln Dog Park House. to get dinner. And so we were already there. drunk. We were drinking, and then we went to the show. Um, and people were moshing and it was just such a, like, really, it was such a fun, um, crowd because people were so into it and people love moshing into Post Animal and that, that kind of set the stage for pretty much every time we'd seen them afterwards. Yes. Um, except except for Big North. Nobody knew. When nobody knew who they were. Um, but, like, we saw them at, um, The Bottle, and that was a great show they as well. Did, they did a 3-1-2 day at The Bottle. Uh, two years? It was 2018? No, it was 2019. 2019. Oh, I forgot what year show. it is already. I mean, always put on a good show wherever they go, but that Lincoln Hall one is one of my favorites ever seeing them. Partially because it was my first time, and then, like, it was just such a fun vibe. So, back and Post Animal. Just so good. They're such a good band. <laughs> um... I'm actually going to change my next one because now we've already kind of mentioned that uh, I saw, I'd seen Idols at Lincoln Hall and now that show was loud. Their opener was A Place to Bury Strangers. Ooh, loud. Um, yeah, that's when I saw them. That's what she saw. Yeah, that's when I saw them. Um, they also opened for Proto Martyr one time. That was cool. But um, I actually want to talk about a Sleeping Village show. Oh, my next one. So we saw. So. so, um, Oh, God. We (laughs) saw Joe, which is DJO. It's Joe Keery's band. They played last October. They did two nights at uh, Sleeping Village. And it was super cool. So I have no idea. The poster's over there if you're looking for it. It's not behind you. Um. So, I mean, we all bought posters, and they were, like, freshly printed, and we kept sniffing them on the way Oh, home. we were, like, <laughs> smelled getting like fresh contact ink. high off of sniffing the freshly printed posters. Different issue. <laughs> but, so we went to that show at Sleeping Village, and it was so much fun. The guys in the band all wear, like, wigs and dress identically. And they have, like, sunglasses And they wear sunglasses. So they all look identical on stage. And we were, we had been to an event beforehand for the podcast. Oh, uh, that was that And God, we spent a long Halloween part event. of the, a long part of the show saying like, this is all post-animal. Which one is it? <laughs> Who is that one? Yeah, Which guy from post-animal is his backing yeah. band? None of them are. I think uh, one guy. The drummer, Hobby the drummer is in it. And then the opener was a different member of post-animal. The opener is, I forget his name. Um, Jake. Yeah, but they all were dressed but identically. All dressed identical. So we're like, if this is Post Animal and as his backing band, which one are they? And then, like, the next day I was like, this, that, none of them. It's just one. <laughs> it was one guy. <laughs> we were just drunk. Uh, that was a good show, though. That was a lot of fun. Um, speaking of Sleep- Sleeping Village, we saw Bunny. What band did we see there where I did a power hour by myself? Slushy. Slushy. 
I did a. They was dollar hand. They Sleeping Village, by the way, does. A, they don't do it anymore. Don't no, it's dollar PBR night. PBR is the dollar, only beer that gives me a hangover. They did dollar so hands nights for like local local shows, or small shows. Um, so we'd go and have like dollar hands. Yeah, slushy's awesome. Um, I love slushy. That was right before we had the snowpocalypse last year. Shows with a guy from Slushy back when I ran Jerry's at Wicker Park. Oh, cool. Yeah, he so that like, show no, kind of noise shows there. Mm-hmm. That show was the first night of the snowpocalypse, and I drank like six hands in an hour and had to go home before Slushy came on. Yeah, there was three of us. It was me, Lindsay, and one of our really good friends, and we were like, oh, we're so excited to see Slushy, because the first time we had ever seen Slushy... He opened at Kohl's for... You weren't there. No. He opened at Kohl's for Nobunny, which now is very problematic. But at the time, it was really cool. And then I drank six hands in. Yeah, so we were at Sleeping Village to see Slushy, and Lindsay did not make it to see Slushy. No. Yeah, there were a couple that I started to put on this list, and I was like, oh, they're kind of problematic now. I don't want to talk. Yeah. Those shows are great. I don't want to talk about those guys. Yeah, I have. Yeah, we I all we've all got some of those. <clears throat> all right, so I will say my next, also sticking local, and I'll fall in line with Sleeping Village, is Dos Santos. Um, if you don't know them, oh, they're like yeah. Columbia psychedelic rock band. I'm friends with a couple of those guys, but they are amazing, and I've seen them several times. But they did a show at Sleeping Village, yeah, about a year and a half ago, a sold out show. That like they had a. Um, one of the Sonorama guys uh, doing all their the the video behind them, and it was every it was just like a perfect moment because Sleeping Village is such a great venue, and it was like the right amount of people that everyone's there to see Dos Santos, and I I've seen him mm-hmm. at like Space and Evanston, which you know that venue's cool, it's a different atmosphere, you know I've seen him oh, I've yeah. seen him at bigger venues I've seen at street festivals but like that show Sleeping Village, just everything came together and. It, it was just perfect. It was like, and it was just so cool to see that many people supporting Cumbia in Chicago, which, mm-hmm. and not, and not to sound like cheesy, but like, I love Mole Fest. I love like things in Pilsen, but like to go to a rock venue and see that many people, you know, Sleepy Village is kind of out of the way to, to support that kind of music. It was just amazing. But mostly, the also music, but beer most importantly, Village. yeah, Sleepy Village also Great beer, yeah. great beer. Yeah, Sleeping Village, amazing beer list, uh, mm-hmm. and great sound. And seeing Dos yes. Santos, oh, yeah. seeing, seeing Dos Santos there was awesome. Um, so I'm going to talk about the seeing the Aquabats at Metro. Yes, that was uh, so good. That was a riot fest pre-show last year um, that we got tickets to like last minute. I want to say, and we also saw Cuckoo Kangaroo, which we had Ooh, never heard game before that. But they're, like, the same vein as Aquabats, but, like, less ska, more, like, just kind of, like, They're more, there. like, literally a children's band. Um, but, so, like, we're there as, like, adults, and they're, like, some other adults, but mostly, like, parents with their kids. Um, and, I don't know, we were, like, <laughs> we're just, like, out there skanking to the Aquabats. Uh, and, I mean, it was just such a great, like, and Riot Fest weekend is my favorite weekend. We, I mean, we go to all the festivals in Lala. Mm-hmm. Sorry, all the festivals in Chicago. Um, and Riot Fest Weekend is always my favorite. So it was such a, just a great start to Riot Fest Weekend. 
Um, where oh, we like, drank way too much. We did like handshakes too. and we're just like skanking the alcohol. Oh my bars. god, we went down. We went to the bar. We went to G Man afterwards. Yeah. Um, I forgot. I mean, were... it was great sound. It, yeah, we were right in front of the sound booth too, so like they we could hear everything and it was perfect. But the Aquabats is also just like unmatched. There's so much fun. <laughs> when it comes to Scott. Like, yeah, one of my no, I know Aquabats very well, but I haven't seen them in a very long time. Oh, uh, we saw them at the Riot Fest before. Yeah, too. so we. Yeah, we saw them at Riot Fest one time, and then we saw them... The Riot Fest before, and then we saw them at... Last year. Last they year. didn't play Riot Fest last no. year. They just did that pre-show. It's just fun, also, because they have all these, like, inflatables that they throw out into the crowd, so, like, during the... We're pizza. very excited about inflatables when we're very drunk. <laughs> yeah, so... so. Like, <laughs> With the pizza and the sharks, like... Um, so, I think my next one is going to be... So, it was this really cool thing that happened a few years ago at a lot of the independent venues, so... <clears throat> Red Bull. I don't know if you remember. Red Bull did like 30 days of music. Yes. Uh, in November. Man, I was at quite a few of those shows. Yeah. Project so I was going to... Oh, our friends went to that one and I didn't go to that one. So but wait, which, which um, I was going to talk about... I was going to talk about... I saw Whitney at the Metro... And their opener was Knee High, who was my favorite band at the time, and who have now since broken up. And they have released their, well, their spinoff band that's called Spun Out has released their first album that was really good. But um, Whitney and Knee High, it was actually the night before my birthday. So they played on the 2nd, and my birthday is November 3rd. So my friend and I just got really drunk and had a really fun time. But Whitney... Uh, I've seen Whitney so many times, but Whitney at the Metro was so much fun. Do you know the band Reservoir? They I've are, heard of them. Uh, the trumpet player from Whitney, who does all their horn arrangements, has a yeah. It's not a side. Has another project called Reservoir. I would say if you know anything about like Thrill Jockey and Tortoise, like kind of the post rock. Mm-hmm. So, in my opinion, Reservoir is Tortoise is still around. But they're carrying the tortoise torch, like just doing amazing. It's not really jazz. It's not dance, and it's not rock. It's like all those things at the same time. And uh, that's really cool. So Will Miller from Whitney has a project called Reservoir. Jeremy Cunningham's the drummer. Anyway, they're amazing. Uh, I actually booked a show with Reservoir at uh, Broken Shaker. Um, really? Like, about a year ago. Yeah. Like, they have a shaker. they have a stage at no, Broken Shaker? No, we took out all those oh. middle couches <laughs> in the middle of the room, and it was like a concert okay. around. And I, I saw Reservoir oh, at Lincoln okay. Hall. It was amazing. I saw Reservoir at, at Sleeping Village. It was amazing. But that show, there was like the concert around in that very, very small room that is Broken Shaker. It was packed, and they just, yeah, they were in a circle. There's like, I don't know, seven or eight members uh, Sin Morimoto's in that band. Like that band's like an all-star lineup of Chicago musicians, <laughs> and they were just in a tight little circle, and it that was also mind blowing. So before we pick our last ones, I want to give you a second. I think this let's do this as our or let's do this as our last one. Sure, yeah. So pick the one that you want to be your last one. I guess um, you can take a few minutes if you want to like go through your list. Okay, last one. Hands down, uh, a lot of people don't know this band, but they know every member of this band. Uh, Five Style was an early band on Thrill Jockey. Uh, Lonesome Organist, Leroy Bach, who was a guitarist for Wilco for a long time, John Herndon from Tortoise. Like, it was like an all-star 
but every time they played, there was different people in it, and they were like kind of country, but also post jazz, but also funk, but all like it's one of the weirdest bands I've ever seen. I'm pretty sure they only put out one actual full album that I have on CD. Mm-hmm. I don't think it was ever pressed to vinyl. But I moved here as a huge thrill jockey label, I guess, nerd. And every time I saw Five Style, it was different people. And they, yeah, they just like changed my percep- perception of what music could be. And I would say the first time I saw Five Style at Empty Bottle, also amazing sound, that, sh- that shows. That's, that's going to be the one I close with. So I'm going to close with something from Talia. I was struggling to pick between... Wolf Parade and Super Organism. Ooh, um, good. They're both very good <laughs> yeah. shows. I'm gonna pick Super Organism. Um, if you've never heard of them, they're like this very weird electronic yeah. pop band. Yeah, I've band. Heard of them. yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. I also know um, Wolf Yeah. Yeah. So um, Super Organism is one of our favorite bands. Uh, I can't even remember like the events leading up to that show, but we saw. Um, I mean, we saw them. I can't remember their opener, but the opener is... Their opener covered All-Star. Yes. That was one of the great <laughs> moments of it. Um, but Smash again, in a very, All-Star? like, indie... Like, Smash Mouth Oh, yeah, Smash Mouth. Yeah, okay, just... just but, like, in a mind. very, like, indie, like, his own style. Uh, it was Uno. Yeah, it was Uno. Oh, it was Uno. Oh, okay. So he made it, like, this oh, more yeah, like yeah. an R&B style. Yeah, like R&B okay. But all style. of a sudden, we're, like, listening, we're like, dude, sing an All-Star. Um... But in 20, I think it was 2018. It was 2018. We were, like, very into Suborganism. We'd seen them, like, four times that year. That was the last time we'd seen them. Um, yeah, that was the fourth the time favorite, we had seen them. our favorite bands that year. I mean, still, like, one of my favorite bands. But it was just a great show. Um, it, it was pretty intimate, too, because I don't think they sold Talia. They didn't sell... They, they don't... Like, I don't even think they sold half of Talia. I don't think they sold it half. Like it was pretty empty. But the sound was fantastic for how empty it was. Um, and, like... Um, Orino always like does something weird during one of the songs, and like during Lala, like at an unplugged set, she read her text messages from her phone, and she was like, "What should I do now?" And I yelled, "Read your text messages!" And she's like, "Oh, I did that once, didn't I?" <laughs> um, but it was just like it was so personal too for it being like a large, um, a larger setting, mm-hmm. and it sounded fantastic. Okay, so my last one, my last one's a big one. Um, I don't know that you knew that I went to this, but um, I got to see LCD Sound System play the Metro. What? No, I think I didn't know. What year was so that? So they did two Lollap... It was uh, 2016. It was the year they got back together. So they did Lollapalooza on Sunday yeah. night, and they did two nights at the Metro. And um, I convinced... My, my boyfriend and I went to three after shows together that year. And I convinced him. I was like, dude, I know we already have, like, three shows, but I have to go to this. I'm like, I don't think you understand. Yeah. I. This was before, this was the very first time I saw LCD Sound System. So they played Saturday night at the Metro, Sunday night at Lala. And, like, Saturday I was too much in shock to, like, react <laughs> to anything. And then Sunday I just sobbed the entire performance. <laughs> but I had to see LCD Sound System by the Metro. Oh my god. LCD Sound System. Was that 2016 after show? Yeah. 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 I was at the 2016 Lala show, but not the after show. Yeah. 
All right, cool. Um, thank you for joining us. Is yeah, this was ever... super fun. We're yeah. so glad you were able to join us. Is there anything that you want to say before we close off? Anything that you want to touch on or um, any other reminders? <laughs> yeah, any reminders. Music, you can go ahead and plug. Please, buy the record if you can. Buy the digital download, situationchicago.com. Uh, buy dinner, safechicagomusic.org. Um, but whether you support this specific project or not, love music, care about local music, care about these venues, um, and support local musicians and artists. Awesome. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you.